African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms. Our most reaches on our shortwave service. If you're listening to us on DSTV on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet, don't forget that you can also stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. That's www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, we're going to be looking back into the story that we've done before, which was uh, post uh, the announcement of uh, uh, the presidential reign of Emerson Mnangagwa. We're coming back to the story because there seems to be a deepening crisis in Zimbabwe when it's come to its economy. Zimbabwe's economy is now experiencing its highest inflation in a decade at 42%. Recently, the country was put in the spotlight when it was reported that the country's fuel is the most expensive in the world and that it was also experiencing a shortage of bread. Last month, Zimbabwe's government announced that it would drop the U.S. dollar and launch their own currency as an effort to revive the economy. Ever since taking over in November 2017, President Emerson Nangagwa has been traveling the world on an investment drive for his country. However, it has been reported that multiple companies in various sectors in the countries have shut down while other employees have been forced uh, uh, to actually take leave. Well, to help us on this particular topic, we're joined on the line by Dr. David Munyai, who is a co-director at the University of the Johannesburg uh, Confucius uh, Institute. We also have Professor Roger Southall, Emeritus Professor in Sociology at the University of Advertisrand. We also have Derek Matiziak, who is a senior researcher at the Institute for Security Studies, joining us from Harare, Zimbabwe, on our Skype line. Let me start with you, Derek, in terms of uh, you are in Harare itself. Tell us a little bit about not just... uh, the numbers or uh, the inflation rates, but just really how people from day to day are struggling in terms of uh, the dire economy in Zimbabwe. Well, we're struggling there with Derek. Let me move the conversation uh, to uh, Dr. David Monyai. Dr. David, are you there with me on the line? Can you hear me clearly? Fantastic. Let me see if I can get hold of Professor uh, Roger Southall. Professor, can you hear me clearly there? (laughs) Yes, I can hear you. Sorry, you're having difficulty. All right. All right. We can see if we can uh, deal with those particular uh, levels of volume there. But let me start with you, Dr. David Munyai, in terms of uh, the current challenges in the Zimbabwean economy. Can you outline them for us? Because there seems to be a lot of factors on the line here. Indeed. I think uh, um, the best starting point for Zimbabwe is that it is a country that is confronting systemic challenges uh, deep-rooted in its politics, uh, the economy, and just the entire social fabric of the country that is on a free fall. Um, Politically, uh, the instability, uh, the elections are marred by uh, violence, and uh, uh, even though there has been some movements in terms of dealing with the uh, former president, uh, Robert Mugabe. Um, The current uh, uh, leadership 
is confronted uh, with uh, never-ending challenges that are even deepening as we speak. Let me come to uh, your show. That in itself, Mm. at the economic level, um, mismanagement of the economy and regional and global factors are even worsening the situation to an extent that unemployment is reaching 80%, 90%, a massive exodus of its people, uh, food insecurity, mm. infrastructure, um, uh, it's not that good, um, education and other institutions um, are falling uh, apart. And therefore, I think what is needed to kickstart the economy um, should start at a a need for stability at a national level politically uh, to ensure that both um, uh, ZANU-PF and MDC um, have a say uh, in attracting foreign investment. Uh, A period of 10 years is needed in Zimbabwe um, to uh, really bring back stability that it once enjoyed. Mm. Professor Roger Southall, very interesting views coming from Dr. Minyai, highlighting them on a political, social level, and also looking at the various factors in terms of also the fact that the international economic situation is also strained. But um, Professor Southall, uh, Zimbabwe is a very unique situation in terms of uh, its uh, uh, high inflation in that regard. And I can hear Derek there. We can hear you from outside and you sound very clear. But let me pose that question first to Professor Roger Southall. Your thoughts, Professor? Well, I think, yes, I think uh, uh, the immediate crisis which is facing everybody is the monetary crisis. And this has been going on, uh, well, really going going back to uh, uh, really 2008 and uh, and thereafter. Um, Dollarization uh, was a necessary response to the massive, I mean, the hyperinflation which was infecting the country um, before the 2008 election. So dollarization brought immediate stabilization. But uh, once uh, ZANU-PF has been back in power since, on its own since 2013 with the end of the coalition, uh, it has sought to uh, buy its way out of trouble by massively expending the money. Uh, by extending the massive the, the the monetary supply again, unable to actually get dollars because you need to export money to earn dollars, it has massively expanded the ele- electronic currency and issued bond notes, and now simply those have become increasingly uh, worthless. Um, so basically, you asked uh, you're going to ask Derek about daily survival. A lot mm. of people really find it cannot survive. Uh, Many people need access to foreign currency and they can't get it. And let's look at uh, this this interesting uh, take and uh, direction that the Zimbabwean government has actually announced in terms of uh, the introduction of that bond note. Internationally, there's been a bit of retreat in terms of interacting with that bond note. Uh, um, Professor Southall, why is that the case? Well, it simply, as I say, they'd expanded the currency in terms of issuing uh, government bonds so that they could uh, expand the electronic currency. People couldn't get access to real money from uh, the bank or, or otherwise they got bond notes. You go to a money changer and you, get a, um, you can't get a fair, uh, uh, the, the one-to-one rate for it. Um, now, whilst the government's um, devaluation of bond notes is a recognition of reality, in notional terms, it has also massively 
uh, again, cut into people's savings. Um, so people have been financially ruined. Um, so the crisis goes on. I can only see the way out eventually for Zimbabwe is by joining the Rand monetary area. That brings its own problems. Um, I, I think they, the uh, ZANU-PF will be very reluctant to give up what it terms economic sovereignty. The South African government might be rather, and the Reserve Bank might be rather wary of taking on the, um, uh, you know, the Zimbabwe economy into the Rand monetary area because of the dangers it would bring. So they would have to exert uh, financial discipline on the Zimbabwean Reserve Bank and the Zimbabwean government. And that, of course, is a huge political issue. Mm. Coming back to you, uh, Dr. David Munyai, is that particular issue in terms of the economic structure of the country, should we see any forms of reformations? I know last week Reserve Bank Governor John Mangudia released uh, his monetary policy statement for 2019, and this was actually introducing some form of reforms in the country. He started with the central bank, which he said that uh, it will be uh, now have a guarantee for allocations to productive sectors such as mining. Both large-scale and uh, illegal or underground gold miners will be allowed to retain 55% of their sales proceeds in uh, foreign currency with the remainder uh, being paid out to the delinked uh, local currency. Is this the best strategy forward looking at the economy, especially the focus on the mining industry? Not at all. I think the biggest challenge is that uh, you cannot make those reforms and expect them to be successful if you are not having a united front, national unity at the the level of politics uh, to bring in confidence in the country, first and foremost, um, so that Zimbabweans speak with one voice to the international community um, in terms of Zimbabwe being open for business. Uh, As it stands, I think there's still lots and lots of disagreements um, between ZANU-PF and MDC, and each one are going, I mean, um, in their own directions. Uh, There isn't any sense of uh, seriousness uh, by these two leaders and parties, um, and that is prolonging um, the challenge. Uh, On the other hand, the currency itself, it must be backed by something. You cannot have any respectable currency anywhere in the world if it is not backed by gold or something else. I mean, that's what we know. Um, And therefore, the Zimbabwean uh, new currency is not not backed by anything, and the economic policy uh, is not quite clear. So what, Mm. what it means is that South Africa could intervene on, on temporary basis uh, as long as Zimbabweans are fixing basic issues of national unity and an economic policy that attracts foreign investments, bringing in Zimbabweans who are overseas, as well as the general stability and kick-starting uh, the agriculture uh, sector, the mining itself, it needs stability, mm-hmm. uh, infrastructure development, and a whole list of things that need to be done. Okay, let me see if we can uh, connect with Derek Matiziak. I think I have him on the line, senior researcher at the Institute for Security Studies, joining us from Harare, Zimbabwe. Well, uh, we've already established some of the problems we're seeing, uh, Derek. From Dr. David Monyai's perspective, he's seeing uh, the conflict from a political level actually not... uh, 
been serving uh, the economy very well uh, in, in the country. And also Dr. Uh, Professor Roger Southall highlighting the, the dire situation of the current crisis in establishing its uh, uh, bond note. Actually, the issue of the bond note itself having that reputable uh, standpoint from an international level. Yes, good morning. Um, I think the the basic problem with Zimbabwe at the moment is the currency crisis. Certainly there are deep political problems, but the immediate problems stem from the currency crisis. And that currency crisis is there basically because the government has created billions of dollars out of nothing, as the, the last speaker said, I think Mr. Munyai, was that the currency, excuse me, is, is not backed by anything at all. Essentially, government has created something which is akin to a giant Ponzi scheme. And we are seeing that Ponzi scheme collapsing. And the politicians have no solution to that, whether they be ZANU-PF, whether they be MDC Alliance. Nobody has suggested a realistic way out of this problem. Because a Ponzi scheme, the only way out of a Ponzi scheme is a massive infusion of cash. And who wants to lend money to Ponzi schemers? So what's the way forward, Derek? Well, as I say, there's no real solution, but we can look at see, uh, look and see what is going to happen and try and mitigate the effects of this and the hardships that are going to be caused to the most vulnerable members of society. In my view, what is going to happen is that Zimbabwe is going to slowly re-dollarize. It's already happening at the moment, regardless of the policy of government or the policies of the Reserve Bank. People are re-dollarizing. They are fixing prices uh, in U.S. dollars. That's the benchmark. The problem with that is as you re-dollarize, the value of that RTGS money, as I'm sure has been discussed before I came on, is going to decline sharply. And as I think Mr. Southall would have said, is that people are going to lose a lot of money. Uh, Savings and pensions are reduced to, to virtually nothing. But also it's not just the vulnerable in society that are going to feel the pain. The banking system is going to become extremely unstable as re-dollarization takes place. Well, let's come back to you, Professor Roger Southall. What are your thoughts in terms of uh, that uh, redollarization? Is that a good thing for the country? Doesn't it worsen the crisis in terms of unpredictability and not knowing where to actually uh, go to? Because I would have thought that the current situation would have to actually lead the Zimbabwean government to just start afresh and try to reestablish its own currency. Well, I agree with uh, Derek that the basic problem is if you want to establish your own currency, then you need the reserves uh, to back it. I'm no economist, but you certainly need the economy to back it. You need the, a certain amount of uh, foreign currency in the bank to be able to, bank, to, to back your new currency. The problem with the ZANU-PF government is after the experiences of the last 15 years, everybody has lost faith in their ability to run the economy. Mm -hmm. And there will be no trust in a new Zimbabwean currency. And that is the situation which the ZANU-PF government has got into it. It has, as as, as Derek was suggesting, it almost has nowhere to go. Unless suddenly someone, someone is going to come and dump a load of money in the country. Now, what are the alternatives? There's either the IMF, 
which has been at loggerheads with the Zimbabwean government for many years, and the Zimbabwean government is very hostile, really, to the IMF, or rather to the, not so much the IMF, but to the prescriptions it offers, or perhaps they'll turn around to the Chinese. Well, I understand recently the Chinese said, no thanks, uh, we're not interested. So where is the way out? And as I think, I wasn't able to hear David Munyai, um, but basically the situation has to be political. And again, one sees no immediate solution to that issue. It's a very depressing situation. Mm, depressing indeed. With strengths of the Zimbabwe economy, uh, we were talking with uh, David Munya just now, and he was highlighting the fact that mining is not really the way to go. Maybe a diversified approach should be looked at, looking at uh, the agricultural sector as well. We'll uh, deal with that particular issue in terms of seeing that uh, uh, the current uh, president, Emerson Nangagwa, has been on investment drive since taking over as president. What kind of sectors within Zimbabwe should be focused on in this economy? drive spearheaded uh, by this current government. Are you talking to me? Um, well, no, we're going to just take a quick break and we'll get that answer after this. Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize it's just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it was one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9am with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time 1000 African Voices with me, Awurengwi C on Channel Africa the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective Well, it's 26 minutes past 11 o'clock uh, Central African time. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama, right here on African Dialogue. Today, I'm not alone. I'm joined by three guests. Derek Matiziak, Senior Researcher at the Institute for Security Studies, joining us from Harare, Zimbabwe. Uh, Dr. David Monyai, Co-Director of the University of the uh, Johannesburg Confucius uh, Institute. And also, we've got uh, Professor Roger Southall, Emeritus Professor in Sociology at the University of Witwatersrand. Derek, let me start this part with you in terms of looking at which uh, um, sectors of the economy should um, the uh, government focus on. Is it mining? Because I'm hearing that currently uh, the economy is heavily reliant on the mining industry. Is that the way to go? Or should we also intensify uh, the historical uh, reputation that Zimbabwe has of being this breadbasket of the continent? Well, I'm afraid, Ben, I'll have to take you back to the currency crisis on that because Zimbabwe really has a a catch-22 problem. In order to resolve the currency crisis, the government needs a lot of foreign direct investment into the country. The problem is those investors are now going to be earning this electronic money, the so-called RTGS money, and they can't pay their shareholders and offshore investors with this electronic money. 
So the investors don't want to come into Zimbabwe as long as this currency crisis persists. But the currency crisis will continue to persist until the investors come into the country. So there's a big problem with trying to uh, stimulate uh, mining, manufacturing, and these kind of industries because of the currency crisis. It does appear, and a lot of people have suggested, that the low-hanging fruit lies in agriculture. Because, as we know, the commercial agriculture has declined dramatically uh, since the so-called land reform program of, of 2000. Um, at the moment, the problem with agriculture and reviving agriculture is that land is not transferable. The land is all owned by the state. Agricultural land is owned by the state. So that land cannot be used as security with the banks to raise loans in order to get agriculture back on its feet. That problem can be resolved with a simple one-line sentence in the lease agreements under which the land is held, making the land transferable, making it available as security to raise loans from the banks. However, it may be that that solution is not as easy as it appears to be, as Zimbabwe has lost a huge amount of its markets that it had uh, before the land invasions of 2000. And it's not clear that those markets can uh, be recovered, and it's not clear that agriculture can continue in a commercially viable way as it did before the year 2000. Mm. Coming to Dr. David Munyai, I'm interested in that particular point that was made by Derek there, especially zooming into the fact that uh, for you to actually actually improve these capital-intensive businesses, you require foreign currency to sustain those operations, and that's where uh, the problem is, isn't it, Dr. David? Uh, indeed, um, but uh, I think we need also to go beyond that. Uh, you might fix... Uh, that particular challenge, but uh, you won't be able to sustain it in the long term as long as there are no agreement, um, the constitution is not clear, the elections are held uh, in a that uh, is not in line with the SADC and AEU guidelines, with basic issues where um, all political parties and all role players understand that Zimbabwe requires a revitalization of its agriculture, mainly to bring in secure food security and regain its market share uh, regionally um, and continentally. Uh, it also requires the infrastructure, um, uh, your energy, I think, uh, you need. Zimbabwe also suffer from... Um, perennial droughts. I mean, last year they did very well in agriculture. Uh, this year, um, the rains are not really uh, coming in a manner that it will bring a bumper harvest. So I think you need to pipe water from somewhere. You have to have those um, uh, conditions for economic growth. But uh, having done with the national issues at the regional level, I think we see positive uh, moves uh, that the region seems to speak with one voice on Zimbabwe, regardless of the noise that is coming uh, in t from Zimbabwe itself, uh, that there is a need to lift sanctions. I think it's a genuine mm. concern that mm. sanctions are hurting Zimbabwe economy. Mm. Uh, Botswana is uh, uh, reaching out, and now on the 12th of this month, President Ramaphosa will be in Harare, uh, to deal with some of these issues. I think at the heart of the discussions between President Ramaphosa and President Mnangagwa will be how best 
to um, uh, have a drive that uh, brings the lifting of sanctions. Uh, so mm. some of these issues mm. are required, and therefore I think we just need a comprehensive approach, mm. all hands on deck, um, nationally, regionally, mm. and globally. Well, uh, Professor Southall, there is uh, Dr. Munyai actually problematizing this uh, conversation, also saying that it's not only around uh, the currency issues that we need to focus on, especially the ones that were highlighted uh, by uh, Derek Matiziaka in terms of looking at at that uh, foreign currency, but also the fact that we also need other layers within uh, the structures of uh, Zimbabwe's uh, society to be uh, garnered together. Well, there's environmental challenges and also uh, that... um, uh, reputation in terms of what's happening in the political sphere? Yes, I think um, if I can add, just add something, I think for any sort of economic revival in the future, uh, one has to look at, uh, it's often said, you've got to look at the Zimbabweans themselves. And where are so many of the Zimbabweans who could actually contribute to the lifting of the economy? Mm. And, of course, they are in South Africa, they're in London, they're in uh, Canada. Um, The economic crisis has driven so many capable Zimbabweans out of the country. And this means that many Zimbabweans inside uh, the country are very dependent upon um, remittances and so forth. But uh, I think what's happened um, uh, recently has added as a further level of deterrence upon Zimbabweans returning. There was a brief moment after the Manangwagwa came in, the Zimbabweans are optimistic again, uh, some returned, but I think that the indications are that those who have returned are now beginning to regret the decision. And this is the major tragedy. When you have so many talented and able Zimbabweans outside the country um, who could contribute and would like to contribute to the rebuilding of their country and there is no reason for them to go back. Mm. And also another issue that is actually conflating or complicating this particular issue is the fact that uh, those who've actually come back, uh, Professor Southall, are thinking of leaving again. Some people were hopeful of these recent uh, elections, but uh, I was reading just a few days ago in, in the business day in South Africa where they were saying, a lot of people who have come back to try to build the economy are thinking of leaving once again just because of the strained environment currently. Yes. Go ahead, ahead, Derek. Oh, sorry, was that that for me? Yes, certainly um, the the prospect of economic recovery hasn't taken place. Um, But if I could use this uh, moment to differ a little bit with uh, Dr. Monyai in that I don't think it's the political instability which is largely keeping the investment at bay and stopping the economic recovery. When Monangagwa came in in uh, November 2017, he made all the right noises uh, that should have helped with the economic recovery. The indigenization legislation, which was deterring investment, was largely repealed, etc. The violence and the clear signs of uh, authoritarian tendencies did not emerge until August the 1st, when we saw the tragic killing of civilians on the streets of Harare. But between that period, November 2017 and August 28, 
No investment came into the country, even though all the right signals were being given by the Morangagwa government. So it may well be that the lack of investment is not due to the political climate. It may well just be because of the, the currency crisis, as I, as I mentioned earlier. The, as uh, Dr. Monyai says, there's a big call for national dialogue. But those people calling for the national dialogue are not stating what they want to talk about how their policies would be any different from those of ZANU-PF and what their solution is to the current economic problems facing Zimbabwe. So it looks like that dialogue is just about trying to put a foot in the door of political power rather than in solving Zimbabwe's economic problems. Well, Dr. David Munyai, would you like to respond to Derek there? I think... um Anywhere in the world, you can never have a sustainable economic uh, revival of any economy without stabilizing your uh, national politics. Um, Zimbabwe at the moment um, confronts uh, lots of challenges, um, lack of confidence, unresolved land distribution uh, program, and, and the crisis that came with it, which has an international dimension. Uh, there's been sanctions and are being reinforced by uh, President Donald Trump in White House, the European Union, uh, Britain, uh, the former colonial power, and going back to the Lancaster House, the original scene. Uh, all these things we cannot ignore and uh, and think that uh, fixing only the currents and dealing with uh, uh, short-term issues would, would sustain uh, the revival of the economy. Um, I, I think it would be better for Zimbabweans with assistance of the most powerful country uh, in the region, South Africa, uh, deal with this in a comprehensive manner uh, to propel that economy forward. So um, I, I think this is my position on that. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and wrap up this conversation. We only have a few minutes left, and maybe we could ask the question, what's the way forward? Can we find a resolution? And maybe just a little glimpse of hope in the way forward for the country. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, It's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. This is Channel Africa. South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet, and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French, and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyenzovo, and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. 
Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, we're about to wrap up the conversation with our guests today. Very interesting conversation around the strained uh, Zimbabwe economy. And uh, let me wrap it up with you, Professor Roger Southall, getting your final sentiments. We've got four minutes left. So briefly, what are your thoughts in terms of things moving forward? Do you think the introduction of the U.S. dollar is the only way? I think... uh I'm totally with with Derek on this one. The the immediate issue has to be the currency crisis. There is simply no way around it. I think in terms of what David was saying, um, in terms of need for political dialogue is correct, but I think um, Derek is also correct in saying that unless the uh, opposition parties come up with credible programs of recovery, there is no way forward. It would seem to me that you have to have a broader discussion than just the political parties, which are really are centered on uh, the whole issue of state power. You've really got to involve much wider uh, uh, figures from civil society. You have to have some sort of international uh, involvement as well. South Africa could play a role, but hitherto, as we've seen, our government has played a hands-off role in Zimbabwe. They've, they've, they've really just given a, a clean slate to ZANU-PF. Mm. There has to be some significant international uh, influence. Um, so I, it's a long way forward. I, I, I'm sad to say I don't see a way forward at this moment. Dr. David Munyai, are you more optimistic? Do you see a way forward? I think Zimbabwe has fallen um, really to the lowest level that... One, there is nothing to sanction, um, and regardless of the noise, whether from ZANU-PF or MDC, there's no any other way other than a national, uh, a government of national unity uh, to really um, uh, bring the country back into fold. And South Africa has responsibility uh, in the region. It, it is in its interest to ensure that it fends off some of these aggression moves by the international community. But that is to be done in a peaceful way, re-engaging Britain uh, in ensuring that um, the European Union comes back to to Zimbabwe and China and everyone else to work in a manner that uh, is to the benefit of Zimbabwe and the region. Okay, let me get uh, final sentiments from you, Derek. I'm sure you also don't have much hope, just like Dr. David and Dr. Roger. I mean, Professor Roger seem to be very much not seeing a way forward here. Yes, certainly in the short term, I think things will get worse before they get better. Um, But on that level, I would agree with, with David that any economic recovery which does manage to start after re dollarization will be stillborn if there's not profound changes to the political structure of Zimbabwe and the, the institutional capture of ZANU-PF, of the essential institutions of state which take the economy forward. As things are going to get worse before they get better, we can expect more social unrest in Zimbabwe, and it's absolutely crucial that the Zimbabwean government deals with this social unrest with strict adherence to the rule of law. 
Well, thank you, James, for giving us your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you also for the patience at the beginning. I know that we struggled with hearing each other, so I appreciate your patience. Thank you to Derek Matsiziak, a senior researcher at the Institute for Security Studies, joining us from Harare, Zimbabwe. Thank you as well to Dr. David Munyai, a co-director of the University of the Johannesburg Confucius Institute. We also were joined by Professor Roger Southall, Emeritus Professor in Sociology at the University of the Witwatersrand. Thank you all for giving us your time. We really appreciate it. That's welcome. welcome.